Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello to our SIP listeners. This is another special interest episode focused on Agile. Um, and SAFE, which are both software development approaches that are very common in very popular, I should say, in the software development arena. For those of you who are in IT or technology and computing and software design, uh, as some form or fashion, you've probably heard of Agile. And there are plenty of books, videos, and plenty of opinions on Agile, I dare say. But what I want to give you in this episode, I've come up with a list of 10 things that often get downplayed or even ignored when it comes to Agile. But if you've actually been a part of a transformation, an agile transformation, what you come to recognize is it's a paradigm shift, it's a cultural shift, and you can't have a that type of transformation and paradigm shift without affecting everyone in the organization. So the question is, is what is your company's tolerance for transformative change. It, On the one hand, you can give it lip service, but when it actually, and you experience it, what I find is that people go back to their safe place. They go back to their comfort zone. So I watch people in one organization that I've been checking in on the last seven years, yes, you heard me, seven years, has been going through an agile transformation. They make two steps forward and they take three steps back. Every time someone gets uncomfortable or starts complaining or points out some impact to a project, they get a pass. And that pass just allows them to fall back to their old habits. So there's a few things that organizations need to recognize about an Agile transformation. Now, Agile, for some organizations, if you're a small organization or if you are an organization that basically doesn't have an approach or software development framework, then you can add as you can introduce agile and you don't have to deal with old baggage but for major corporations who have had other methodologies and those methodologies now are systemic and embedded it's framed the way people work 
how they're rewarded and recognized, you have to unravel all of that in order to change people's mindset. And I'll give you a very specific example. A lot of you know that Agile is, for the most part, replacing Waterfall. Well, there's a specific language in Waterfall that we've been using for years where we write requirements. We lock them down. We get sign-off and signature. We have a very structured change management. And all of that does is set up a very CYA environment. And I'll let you look up what CYA means if you don't know what that means already. But another way of looking at it is causes a lot of finger pointing. Who missed the requirement? Who didn't test? Who coded it wrong? Did the developer read the requirements wrong or were the, the requirements written wrong? So all of that is about finger pointing. And then when something is successful or right, people have the tendency in that waterfall environment to take personal ownership for me, for it. And that's how they're rewarded and recognized. You're encouraged to be this standout and in some cases a renegade or a cowboy. So when you do a paradigm shift, you have to change Everything from the language to even what is acceptable or not acceptable as far as whether it's taking credit or pointing blame. So all of that changes. And, and, by, and why would you say, you know, that has anything to do with going with Agile? Well, take, for example, with Agile, one of the main things is embracing change. Well, embracing change means you don't go out on a witch hunt if something's missed. As a matter of fact, that should be celebrated. If someone gives you feedback and says, nope, that's not what I want, or I changed my mind, or it's not exactly what I thought, or now that I see it, I think I want something totally different, Instead of that being a missed or why didn't we know, how did we not know type of reaction, it's like, good. Well, we've learned something. Now, let's pivot and get recover quickly. We call it either learning fast or you can also call it failing fast. But nonetheless, either way, in Agile, the intent is to embrace it. So, like I said, I have a list of 10 things that people don't really take into consideration when you're making this magnitude of a transformation. So let me start out with number one. People don't treat the transformation like it's a project. Yes, a project. You're moving from the as is to the to be. You have to do your gap analysis. You have to prioritize. And then based on the, the priority of the things that you have to change, in order to set up the right environment and infrastructure, and that means including formal change management approaches. 
Six Sigma for one? Are you doing a pilot before you do a mass rollout? And then how will you scale so that it can be socialized among other groups? How do you do your risk mitigation? Everything I'm saying is standard project management, change management, organizational change, and like I said, Six Sigma. But you have to recognize that the transformation is a project. So that's number one. Number two, understanding that an agile transformation isn't a turnkey operation. You don't have everybody read a book, maybe move some desks around, and then declare yourself agile. It's not cookie cutter. Again, people are used to waterfall and waterfall implementation. And I've seen plenty where you roll out some processes and procedure, train everybody. The next day, you just follow a checklist. And the goal is for everyone to do everything the same way every time. And that's a methodology. That's not what the ad Agile is. Again, it goes back to a mindset, a spirit, Agile values, Agile manifesto. That's something very different. So that's my number two. So moving on. Number three. Agile is about a continuous process improvement. So therefore, it's about continuously maturing. Now, what a lot of people mistake, though, is that there are about three tiers specifically associated with Agile. You can refer to what's known as the Scaled Agile Framework. They have a visual. It's called SAFE, or pronounced as SAFE. S-A-F, small e. The Scaled Agile Framework, it has a picture, and it shows those three layers. The bottom layer being team, the middle layer being program, the top level being portfolio. What a lot of groups doing their transformation don't realize is that those three tiers often may be maturing at different paces. And instead of you maturing from the top down, oftentimes the bottom is the first layer, the team level, where Agile is introduced. And those groups practice Agile and may be very effective at it. But it also can be siloed. You can miss integration and dependencies. So what I find is it's not until organizations feel the pain of missing those de dependencies and integration points that they start to explore and introduce some form of a scaled agile framework. But now what you have is either two layers above the team that are just getting the introduction to agile and that can be a disconnect. It could be a disconnect whether those other two layers are not doing Agile at all or that they're new to Agile. So your top three, two layers are still trying to figure out how to apply scaled Agile framework. At the same time, 
that the bottom layer, the team, the ones that are producing the work, that have the, the commitments and all of the pressure of producing, they're also trying to get their footing. So this can cause the whole IT structure to be very wobbly, be very unstable, I should say. And that leads me to the next item. Number four, when you are going through this size and this type of transformation, everything is in, in some respects in motion and realize that that transformation impacts not only IT, but it also impacts the business. So again, you have both sides in a learning mode. The the number four point is that people have to realize in order to be successful in your transformation, you have to slow down. I talked about this previously. In order to turn the corner, we always know by habit to tap the brakes going into the corner. Then you can accelerate after you've made it around the corner. Well, organizations that are in their maturity levels of one or two, when you get to that corner where you're just about to turn the corner to maturity level three or four, you've got to tap the brakes. Okay, so that's my number four. Things that people don't realize about the Agile transformation. Number five, maintaining healthy teams. What I call healthy agile teams. Uh, early on, when we uh, the whole concept of agile came about, there was often talk about high performing teams. You want to get the best, the sharp people. You want to create these high performing teams. They go through a forming, storming, and, and norming. And somehow, there's been a bit of a disconnect because I'm seeing where Agile is being implemented in a very segregated way, let's say. And what I mean by that is the developers literally are implementing Agile. They have a Scrum Master that comes from within their ranks. They're estimating just for the developer's tasks. They're planning their velocity and burndown just for the developers. And the rest of the team sits on the peripheral, not even invited to the stand-ups. This is a very segregated, agile approach. And some companies may see some incremental success or some marginal success. But to see real breakthrough and real innovation and to fully leverage Agile, it takes a team. So the question is, are you implementing Agile silos or are you implementing Team Agile? Something very important to consider. Now, we're making our way. We're just about halfway through the list. This one, I think, I, I love this wording, is... Throwing away user stories, putting user stories in the trash can be a good thing. 
Now, that may sound crazy, but the fact of the matter is, is that user stories are simply placeholders. They are not commitments. They're placeholders. And actually, the, the, when we look at Agile, we want to do what you commonly hear called the minimum viable product. What is the minimum we need in order to address a problem or a solution or take advantage of an opportunity? We want to do the minimum. So in your initial kind of ideation of a solution, you might have many stories, even many features, a whole range, just to kind of start to paint a picture of the realm of possibilities. But that's all it is. And then later, it's so important to identify your minimum viable product, to skinny it down. To skinny down your features, skinny down your stories. So that means some stories are going to end up in the trash. Now, don't think that that's wasted work because that's one reason why we leave those stories rough or raw. You don't go in and try to put requirements and acceptance criteria to every story in your backlog because one of your goals is that some of those stories are going to be throwaway. They're never going to be prioritized into the minimum viable product. So keep that in mind. Moving right along. Number seven. It's still so important to understand that the story is the placeholder, but the acceptance criteria are your requirements. And you need to use some of the same fundamentals to ensure that you have robust acceptance criteria. So some of the fundamentals, things like knowing that you have to identify your processes, you have to understand your business rules, you have to identify your data requirements, you have to understand the users or actors or personas involved in the story. You have to know the primary path or the happy path and the negative and alternative path. You have to think about your non-functionals. These are some of the fundamentals that you need to check off when you're doing your final refinement of your acceptance criteria. Again, not every story that gets put in the backlog will be, will be refined to that level. Only when it's prioritized to the top. Okay. Number seven. When using sprints, let's say two-week sprints, to for your development, design, and testing cycle, you have to consider other work items, other items that will take up the time of resources and that needs to be considered either as a part of the velocity or identify as its own work item. We have to be completely transparent. If there's other work besides just the work around the stories in the sprint, there needs to be a work item so that that's acknowledged and counted toward or against 
the velocity. Okay, and it also sets up a precedence for future sprints. Something that, for example, people often don't factor in to their whole commitments in a sprint and to their velocity is when you need to send the team to training or where you need to do cross training within the team. You might want to pair up people so that they can shadow each other and watch and learn from each other. Those are what we call learning sprints. And those type of sprints, I significantly lower our velocity because I'm not having people work full out on independent tasks, but instead using that sprint to do that cross-functional training. That's an investment that needs to be made. And it's another example where sometimes you have to slow down to get faster. Another thing that people often overlook when going and doing their, their transformation is that they want to allocate everything and their sprint to the nice features and functions that might appeal to the business or product owner. But in fact, you have to have a balance between the front-end items and the back-end items. It's just like if you had a pie and you were slicing a pie and serving it up. When you do your sprints and plan your sprints, you plan them so that you can demonstrate something at the end of business value. So I tell people, you wouldn't slice a pie vertically, I'm sorry, you wouldn't slice it horizontally and just give someone a plate full of crust, you slice it vertically. So you get a little bit of the meringue topping, a little bit of the filling, and a little bit of the crust. That's the same way we should serve up in your sprints. Make sure that you're not just doing all technical items in a sprint. Because basically, it's a way to fall back to those waterfall approaches where you did all of one thing and it might not be until you're well into the process in this case well into the sprint before you get to the front end items whereas it's the front end items that the business needs to react to and that their reaction may change some of the design in the back end so you want to know quickly if the front end is going in the right direction now, I've been moving uh, along so quickly, uh, we're going to call this next one number eight. <laughs> uh, number eight. Let's talk about what's known as spikes. So from time to time, there has to be a deep dive or research or prototype, and we refer to those as spikes. But spikes have to be estimated and demonstrated just like other work items. Again, the, the whole, the bigger message on this one is there are other work items and those need to be estimated, captured, and treated just like all other work items. They'll count against the velocity. What happens is organizations that aren't using other work items are trying to work on the planned items and then those unplanned items are what? pushes people into overtime, long hours, um, stressed out, 
as a result of that and we get back to an unhealthy team. I'm going to call the next one number nine. In a transformation of this type, you have to change even the language. Organizations really need to look at words that they use. Like I said before, things like the, how they use defects. Whereas defects often means it's a, yeah, a detriment. You've done something wrong. Um, and you could be held accountable for it or even feel repercussions because of it. When you're embracing change, you don't want to use those types, that type of language. The other thing in regards to the change in language is about talking about the value. How valuable is something to you? And in a world where users are used to saying, I want what I want and I want it all, there's a lot that has to change about their mindset. And the most important thing that they have to understand is that it's not up for dead debate. If your organization has already decided to go to Agile and they're approaching Agile based on value and value management, then every product owner and business user needs to get on board and their language has to be the language of value management. So whenever I, I often teach in my class, if there's two items on a list, you've got to prioritize that, those two items. So uh, when you have an A and a B, you have to evaluate which one's more important. That's your value management. Okay, especially if those two things are features, if I understand which feature is more important, then those user stories up under them are going to take a higher priority. So, understanding the language of value management. And last, and probably overarching, I just want to continue to remind people about maintaining a healthy team. Don't just make it about the, the process and the procedures. Understand that there are people involved in this transformation. You need support groups. You need centers of excellence. You may need some lunch and learns. People may need interventions. Especially when I've seen people for years just follow orders and take direction. That's what they've been encouraged to do. That's what they've been rewarded to do. Now suddenly the world is saying you're empowered, make decisions, use your critical thinking. What organizations have to realize is that you have to undo the old mindset and they have to feel reassured that there won't be repercussions if they make mistakes. Learning something new, trying something new, there's a fear factor involved. And even one of my own students uh, pointed this out very well. If you're used to being good at what you do, the top of your game, the top of your class, you don't like the feeling of not knowing, not being the best at something. So, Understand, a true transformation, everyone's going to feel some discomfort. And 
the organization shouldn't run from that discomfort. They should set up the right support system to help people through it, to understand that this is a part of the breakthrough. And together, it'll make the whole organization stronger. But everybody needs to feel some pain. And that includes the very top level. If a CIO, CTO, VP, business, HR, if there's a transformation in your organization of this magnitude going on and they're not feeling it, then what happens is all of the pressure and change gets absorbed at the lowest level, which is the team. And you create animosity, frustration, and unfortunately, the only thing that they can blame it on is the change itself, which is agile. And it's not the agile that is failing, it's actually the transformation approach. So understand, the transformation itself is a project. Make sure you have the right resources, whether it's project management, business analyst, scrum master, to help you manage the transformation. If you want more information, you can always send me an email. jsanders at b2ttraining.com Also, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Requirements Pro, or you can look me up at Jacqueline underscore the BA. Thanks for joining us, and stay tuned for other regular episodes of Ask the Agile Analyst. Bye for now. This episode is sponsored by and features B2T Training. B2T Training has trained and equipped almost 15,000 of the most successful and high-performing practitioners of business analysis since the year 2000. Our courses are developed and taught by the most respected and highest qualified experts in the industry. So, your team has been doing Agile and seems to be doing well on the surface, but you've noticed some subtle cracks in the process. Team members are leaving the group, the team starts taking shortcuts, Enthusiasm is low or tension is surfacing more often. Does that sound familiar? Your team might be experiencing agile burnout and sprint fatigue. B2T will help you address it and maybe even avoid it altogether. Call us today to find out about our Agile Analysis Boot Camp, which incorporates team building and bonding exercises that promote and reinforce agile values and value management. This course also teaches cross-functional role-playing exercises and how to apply lean analysis techniques that help you avoid gaps in your user stories and acceptance criteria requirements. We offer this class to your team on-site or also as a public session for those who don't have a large group. Our next public Agile Analysis Boot Camp session will be taught by Jacqueline in Atlanta, March 13th through 15th. Don't miss her as she walks through how to use Agile to build the right thing with a customer-focused approach. Get your business analysis training from the most respected and highest qualified source of experts in the industry. Find out more about this public class offering or call to speak with one of our training solution sales associates toll-free at 866-675-2125. Follow us on social media and visit b2ttraining.com. That's B, the number 2T training.com to see our full course outlines blog and free downloadable resources we get it we'll help you get it too
Hello, Tech Expresso listeners. Are you looking to kickstart a new job opportunity in 2017? We're here at Technology Expresso. We are interested in keeping our listeners informed. So if you are a job seeker, intern, military veteran in transition, career professional in transition, or a young professional, we want to let you know that on March 15th through the 16th, one of the biggest online virtual job fair websites, BDPA Connect, will be hosting a virtual job fair. Now let me give you a little more information. BDPAConnect.net is an online virtual job fair featuring employers interested in technology professionals. This event is free and open to anyone that is seeking computer, engineering, cybersecurity, and other related tech opportunities, or just curious about what skills employers are searching for. As you may know, BDPA has been offering education, mentoring, support, and network opportunities to IT professionals for over 40 plus years. And they are now partnering with ProDevNet, whose goals are to provide better jobs for all Americans. They want to help you get hired and love what you do. Their platform helps you connect with companies that are actively hiring. And you don't have to be a BDPA member to participate. Simply pre-register today using your LinkedIn profile, or we highly recommend you upload your resume. Feel free to apply to as many jobs as you feel match your interests and qualifications. And be sure to visit BDPAConnect.net often as new jobs will be posted throughout the event. And if you have any other questions, visit BDPAConnect.net to see frequently asked questions. This is a free virtual job fair that is full of opportunities for job seekers. And hey, you never know what opportunities may be waiting for you. So as always, thanks for listening to Technology Expresso Radio. Tech Expectations lets you create individual profiles. You can also create one for your business or one for your nonprofit program or one for sponsors and investors. Go to Tech Expectations to set up your profile, which is 10 questions or less. Then you are ready and able to connect with our like-minded resources that are passionate about STEM. Check out the blog, post a topic, or respond to our topics. You can also go to the classifieds to post a notice regarding STEM interns or volunteers or any job opportunities or services you provide. You can also check out the events tab and see what upcoming STEM events are on the calendar and add any events that you know are coming up and open to the public. Check out our latest podcasts, which are always organized by topics and interest. Then go to the photo album to see postings of STEM events across various communities. You can also post private messages between resources or tag friends or programs or any organization that you want to follow. We can't wait for you to stop in and share. Visit techexpectations.com. That's techexpectations.com. We expect great things, and we know that with technology, anything is possible. So come join us as we full steam ahead. Good day, great people. Sean Thomas here, the entrepreneur her. Thank you so much for your support of great programming like this one at Technology Expresso. Are you a corporate or professional ready to leap and start a business but do not know exactly how to separate yourself in the marketplace? Or maybe you're a small business owner struggling to get the word out about your amazing business. Well, I want to help you do just that. My creative marketing agency has the unique ability to market your products and services in such a way that your clients and customers will be more than attracted to you. We help you build credible visibility through digital storytelling that is personal yet professional. 
We create amazing websites, social media marketing campaigns, and much, much more. If this sounds like what you've been looking for, I want to talk to you. Give me a call at 404-796-8858. That's 404-796-8858. Once again, 404-796-8858. Look forward to talking to you soon. Sean Thomas, The Entrepreneur. You have been listening to Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. For a full list of our podcasts, social media handles, and upcoming shows, visit our web portal at www.technologyexpresso.com. Join our text club and get monthly alerts of upcoming events and initiatives. Text the phrase, Full Steam Ahead, to 41411. Financial support and donations of any denominations are welcome. Your contributions help us sustain and reach undeserved communities who benefit from the many programs, role models, and technologists that we showcase. Thanks to our sponsors, partners, and thank you, our listeners. And remember, we encourage you to listen, learn, leverage, launch. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.